Hey guys, welcome to the Marriage Ignited Podcast. We are Adrian and Jennifer Pina, bringing practical and spiritual tools to ignite your marriage. Well, here we are, guys, already in episode four. We're so excited to be with you all today. And we began a series a couple weeks back on barriers to intimacy. And last week, we talked a little bit about what is spiritual intimacy, kind of defining it. Um, And the week before that, we talked about emotional intimacy and barriers to emotional intimacy. So if you missed those previous episodes, go ahead and check those out, uh, either on the YouTube channel or check out the previous podcast. So today, we're going to shift the conversation a little bit, and we're going to talk about barriers specifically to spiritual intimacy. So what are those things that block us from connecting as a couple on a spiritual level? So God created us as physical, emotional, and spiritual beings. We've said this several times now. Those realities are interconnected and interdependent. And, you know, really, as you grow in your marriage, you're going to see that when you grow in those areas, you grow in your marriage. Your, Your marriage is healthier. A lot of times we hear people talk about, you know, growing in emotional intimacy or growing in physical intimacy, but we don't always hear people talking about spiritual intimacy. And so we're so excited to share a little bit more about that with you in this episode. Yeah, we are. Absolutely are. So one of the things that we're going to share is from God's word. You guys, God's word is the foundation for everything that we believe. Everything we do here at Marriage Ignited is really centered on God's word. And so there's some really foundational passages that we're going to share with you right up front that really help frame how we look at why spiritual intimacy even matters in our marriage. So in the book of Deuteronomy, which is in the Old Testament, chapter 6, verses 4 through 8, I'm going to read this for you. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all of your soul and with all of your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your home and when you walk by the way. And when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and you shall and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Wow. Okay, so let me get this straight. This was so important. God's word was so important and really God's word being the center of his his actual words, his the center of who he is. And it was so important for the people of Israel to have God's word be the center of their home and of their family. And he literally says he wants it to be like it's tattooed on the front of their eyelids. That is some serious commitment, right? I think he's using that as imagery so that we can understand how much this matters and how much he wants his word and his, his way to be central to what we do in our families and in our marriages. I love how in the the verse it talks about like the parents and they're just like walking about the way. Basically, like if God's word is so central to who you are, then at any point during the day, it could become a teachable moment if you're a parent. Or the whole point is, is that just in everyday regular life, we see God and we talk about God. I mean, if you are a believer, you talk about God. I mean, that's kind of like part of your everyday kind of thing. And so I think that really kind of brings that to light. So let's share another foundational passage with you found in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. This is when Jesus is asked what is the greatest commandment, and he actually quotes a part of the Deuteronomy passage. And so here's how that passage reads. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
there is no other commandment greater than these. So those two commandments frame essentially spirituality. It frames the fact that it begins personally with a relationship with God, and then that relationship with God, the horizontal then affects, I mean, the vertical then affects the horizontal. So the, our relationship with him then outpours in, it reflects on the way that we interact with other people as well. Absolutely. So let's talk about a few keys to spiritual intimacy. So what are some keys to growing in spiritual intimacy? Well, really the first thing begins with a level of commitment. I mean, anything that you want to grow in involves some level of commitment, right? And it also is the same way when it comes to your spiritual life. And it begins with you on a personal level. God saves us each personally. And so that means that I am responsible. Jen is not responsible for my spiritual, my spiritual walk. Uh, she can encourage me. She can challenge me. She could do all those things. But ultimately, I am responsible for that as well. So it begins with us on a personal level. Then that overflows then then to having a commitment between spouses. And then hopefully if you have a family and you have kids at home as well, that overflows then to your children as well. What are you going to do to prioritize having a spiritual development and relationship um, that is evident in front of your children as well? Absolutely. So the next core uh, key component, excuse me, key component to spiritual intimacy is having shared core beliefs. We love this book. It's called Fighting for Your Marriage. Let me put it here so you can see it. It's called Fighting for Your mm -hmm. Marriage. We put a link for this book in the description for you guys. You can grab it on Amazon. This is a, a very like foundational book. A lot of people have read it or heard of it. It's been around for a long time. It's by uh, Markman, Stanley, and Bloomberg. And one of the things they talk about when it comes to shared core beliefs is this idea that what what I believe something really matters when something that is something that's really a core belief to me and my husband has that same core belief, we are united in our actions because we have a core belief. Yeah. Okay. It's a very foundational idea. So for Adrian and I, we're going to share with you guys a few just examples of what core beliefs look like. And we really challenge you to to think about these as a couple. Look like sit down and write them. If you are, are part of the podcast and you aren't married, this is a good exercise for you to do as a single person, right? Because regardless of the circumstances, understanding what your core beliefs are. But in, in your marriage, these are unifying principles that will help you determine choices that you make as a couple and many other things. So let me share some a couple of ours. So we have a shared core belief that marriage is a lifetime commitment. That is something that we both fully and truly believe in with all of our hearts. That core belief informs how we fight. <laughs> so let me give you yeah, an example. It does, actually. It really true. does. Yeah. So this is, an, this is an example of how when you believe something and you both believe something, that shared core belief then informs action in your marriage. So in our marriage, we have a shared core belief that marriage is a lifetime commitment. And so how that informs our actions is that when we fight, we do not use the word divorce. That's a commitment that we've both made. So that means that when we're fighting and we're, we're, we're fighting it out, not physically, but you know we're, we're verbally fighting it out, boxing it out, we never use the word divorce. We actually call that the D word. And so that is not something that we ever use. So that means that we're not threatening one another with divorce. We're not, you know, we're not passively aggressively mentioning it. It's just not even on the table because of our shared core belief. And if we didn't have that shared core belief, we could not hold each other accountable to that. That's one of the things about having shared core beliefs as well as if you verbalize and express those and say, we both hold to these. 
then we're able to hold each other accountable to those things if we violate those beliefs. It informs, as Jen said, it informs our action then in that way. Exactly. All right. So let me give you a couple more examples of shared core, shared core beliefs, okay? Another one is that there is a God who interacts with us and influences our lives. Okay, so you can see how this one is kind of vital to spirit, spiritual intimacy, right? Yeah, just a little, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> so you guys, we believe that. We both believe that there's a God who interacts, he influences our lives. That is a, a really important but kind of basic, right? Like, so when we're talking about these and you're thinking about this for your own situation as an individual or married, just know that you're going to the foundation of what you believe when you're writing these down. A couple more. We believe that prayer is an important part of our relationship, that prayer is vital for our relationship. That's a shared core belief. It really and, goes hand in hand with the other one, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then respecting each other's individuality is essential to the growth of our relationship. So even though we we both, we love all things Pina, we're team Pina, okay? We love the, the marriage relationship. We also respect each other's individuality, respect each other's gifts, talents, abilities, that we, we have our own unique identity in this marriage. We don't lose that individuality, even though we're corporately together in that way. So guys, those are just a few examples. I mean, and, I, and as Jen said, we'd encourage you to explore some of those for yourself as well to see how they would then inform out how you then live. So guys, if we have these shared core beliefs, then the next part obviously is then to walk them out. It's one thing if we say we believe something, it's another thing then to actually put it into practice. And when we put those core beliefs into practice as foundational pieces of our spirituality, then our intimacy can begin to grow. I want to share with you a quote from Prepare and Rich, and we have mentioned them a couple times already. Um, Prepare and Rich is basically the largest assessment, marital assessment that you could take essentially in the country, and they've been doing it for years. And so you, we can actually link that in the description if you'd like to find out more information about them. We're actually uh, certified through them, so we can help you take the assessment and process through the details of the assessment. But uh, the prepare part, obviously, is for people who are wanting to get married, and then the enrich part is for people who want marriage enrichment. But we'll quote from them from time to time, and I love this quote because it kind of brings a little bit into light of what we just shared. So it reads, Spirituality and faith are powerful dimensions of the human experience. Spiritual beliefs can provide a foundation for the values and behaviors of individuals and couples. People who profess a spiritual faith do indeed feel their beliefs breathe life into their relationships. Couples with high agreement on spiritual beliefs report much higher levels of marital satisfaction and closeness than those with low spiritual agreement. I love how it says it literally breathes life into the relationship. And this is based upon years of research in doing this assessment over and over again that it is, it's proven. It's proven that if you have commonality when it comes to spiritual things, that your life will be, your marriage will be enriched, your life will be enriched. And the reason why I fundamentally believe that goes back to our fundamental first principle. It's because we believe God is involved in the marriage then. And so God blesses that when we make him a priority and part of it. Amen. That's so true. All right, you guys. So we're going to go on to the three barriers that we're going to talk about related to spiritual intimacy. Again, there's probably many out there, but we're going to really focus on three. And one of the first ones is so, so common, and that's just a general lack of understanding when it comes to spiritual things, a lack of experience and understanding. 
maybe you didn't grow up knowing about God. Maybe your your spouse is a person who doesn't know about God or love God. There's all different scenarios in this situation. When it comes to lack of experience or understanding, maybe you're just having a hard time overcoming things from the past. Maybe you were hurt by the church and people in the church. There's so many different scenarios. So out many there. layers. But the, the foundational idea is that there's just this, this lack of experience or understanding when it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to knowing Jesus. So how do we overcome this? We shared you guys in our last episode an, an experience with Adrian and I, and we kind of overcame a lack of experience when it comes to spiritual intimacy. We never had prayed together, and it was so painfully awkward, like so painfully awkward. Nobody taught us. so Yeah. And so we overcame that eventually by practicing, you know. And so how do you overcome this? First of all, we want to just give you guys a list of questions. So in the description in the podcast or YouTube, depending on where you're watching this or listening to this, we're going to put in a few questions just to stimulate conversation between you and your spouse. We want you to just read through those. It's They're basic questions about how you grow up, what what your view is of, of God and spirituality. And it just can help create like a common ground so you can even build some core beliefs from those questions. And the second thing we want to talk about a little bit is fear of looking overly, as I say, holy, air quotes, or looking spiritually ignorant, air quotes, is what we mean a little bit by that, is maybe you're in the context of a relationship where one of you has been Christian a lot longer than the other person. And so maybe the other person feels intimidated a little bit by you, by maybe the way that you pray, your understanding of the Bible, all of those things. But here's the thing, is that if we are in a relationship and we are both believers in Jesus, then it should cultivate a space where we can have a conversation about Jesus. And we should not make the other person feel intimidated or, you know, try to belittle their level of understanding when it comes to the Bible or spiritual things. You know, it it could be that type of situation, or it could be a situation where one of you is a believer and the other one maybe is not a believer. How can we overcome this kind of scenario where we don't look overtly overholy or we don't feel spiritually ignorant? It really comes, it's really based out of a heart of insecurity is where it really comes out of. We feel insecure because of these various different feelings. So we can overcome that simply by maybe you just attend church together. And here's what something you could do, a simple exercise. A lot of people go out to lunch after church, or if you're even at your home and you're eating lunch after church, you could just talk about the message that you heard and the things that you learned and the things that you picked up. You're on common ground then, because whatever the, the minister spoke that day, you're on common ground as to both hearing it and your understanding can then cultivate a spiritual conversation. A lot of churches actually provide sermon notes for you where you or even questions on those sheets purposely to foster things like this discussion afterward so you can take that and then utilize that as a tool i think it's so cool when you talk to people who've been in the faith for decades and decades they will tell you if they're really being sincere they will tell you that they're still learning so you guys nobody has arrived when it comes to spirituality nobody has arrived we're all still learning So don't let that be a barrier in your relationship to make you feel like, oh, I don't know enough or, you know, I don't want to feel stupid or dumb. You know, we're all still learning. And so you're not alone in that. We've all been there and we're still all learning. You know, there's plenty of times when I feel like I don't know anything, you know, when it comes to spirituality. So this is a really common 
a common idea, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very common. Here's a third one is sometimes we just fall into bad habits and we allow things like distractions. We allow things like our schedules. We allow things like stress, various insert, whatever it is. We fall into these bad habits where a lot of times the time that we spend with God is sacrificed because it is not prioritized or because we're too tired or, you know, the kids got this going on, whatever it may be, right? So we don't want to forsake spending that time with God. And it really is not about, I think, I think there's a misconception. I grew up sort of with this misconception for a while that to spend time with God meant I had to spend a certain length of time with God. And if I didn't spend that time with God, that amount of time, then I felt like I wasn't really spending time with him. But the thing is, is it's not about as much as the quantity as the quality of the time that you spend with God, that you are protecting it and you are making it a priority. So if it is a priority and you're still investing that time, then that is beneficial and will be beneficial to your relationship as well. So how do we overcome that? We overcome that by basically committing to doing something daily. And it doesn't have to jump from zero to 60, as I like to say sometimes, overnight. So it doesn't mean that you're going to go from not praying to praying for two hours or spending two hours with Jesus. It could start with something as small as five, 10 minutes, just reading a simple devotional, maybe throw, you know, praying just very shortly, just something before you go to work. So it's something that can start off very, very slow and then continue to grow. So one of our favorite devotionals that I think we even talked about last week, it's called Quiet Times for Couples by H. Norman Wright. We're going to put a link in the description for you. This devotional is a great way to overcome that barrier because it's a simple tool. We use this at breakfast time. You could do this before bed at night, whenever is convenient for you as a couple. It sits on our kitchen table, literally. And I can promise you, whether you've been married for a couple months or a couple decades, you will be challenged by this devotional. You will be encouraged in your marriage. There's a scripture or two at the beginning, and then there's a passage that you read. And it can take you as short of amount of time as really like five minutes. And then often there'll be questions that you can interact with each other. And so if you wanted to spend a little bit more time, you can. But this is a really great tool just to get you started. Our favorite devotional as a couple is this devotional. We love that devotional so much that every couple that I do premarital counseling with that I marry, that's the gift we give them. Yeah, we, we literally love it. give them as that is a gift. We love it so much. So, so we want you guys to know that there's grace. You know, we're seeing all these different things, but just understand that there is grace. Because there are various different seasons and stresses of life. And sometimes we just get out of routine. And sometimes, you know, things fall by the wayside. And even the scripture says that by nature, we're prone to wander, it says in the Psalms. That's kind of our nature. We just kind of drift. If we're not staying close, we just kind of drift slowly. And it's a slow drift. And so those things don't happen overnight. There's grace for that. But here's the thing is that God is always wanting to connect with you. So he's always available. No matter if it's been a while, just come back to him. Come back to him in prayer. Just, you know, say, God, hey, it's been a while. I just want to, I want to reconnect. Just to the next day is the next day for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. Okay. Forget about all the yesterdays. Forget about all the other things that have happened and transpired. The next day that you wake up in the morning is a new day and, and his mercies and his grace is new every single morning. So just pursue him. He's always waiting. He's there. Amen. Couples. We got to have Jesus as the center of our marriage. It is such a huge, huge component. So I want to just share with you that we're going to share a little story of how all of these things have worked together for us. 
emotional, spiritual, and physical intimacy. So we were going through a really hard season in the fall of 2018. I had a scare with breast cancer that really rocked our world. I had a positive on my first mammogram. They found a tumor. And so we went through the steps, the biopsy and the surgery. And all of those steps took quite a a lot of time because it was extremely rare. So you're waiting. The waiting is so hard. In the middle of that season, we were also going through some really difficult things in our church. And so there was just tremendous stress happening. That stress was affecting our eating. It was affecting our sleeping, especially for Adrian, who already struggles with some insomnia. He was not sleeping like five nights a week. He would wake up at two o'clock in the morning every night. It was affecting our, our, our sex life, our physical intimacy. It was affecting everything, you guys, and really wreaking havoc on our lives. And so we just kind of got this, like one night we went to bed. We were going to bed. It was a little bit late. We were exhausted and just kind of staying in this place of exhaustion. And I just told Adrian, I was like, I feel like God's telling me that we need to share before we go to bed 10 things we're grateful for. Now, I just want to paint a picture for you. This is not common in our life or marriage. No, it's not. I'm not sure that that (laughs) ever before I've ever like had a suggestion like that or anything like that. You know, it's not like that's something that we do. No, it wasn't. (laughs) So I really just felt this kind of, I don't know, just in my heart, I felt like God was saying that we needed to do that before we went to bed that night. So we laid in bed and we both shared 10 things we were grateful for. And so we drifted off to sleep and like clockwork at two o'clock in the morning, Adrian starts to stir and he starts to wake up with insomnia. So every time he wakes up, then I wake up. That's just ladies, you know that. (laughs) I don't know if you guys are like that, but like that's what happened. So I wasn't sleeping either. And I was like angry at this point. I was angry at the insomnia. I was angry at the devil, (laughs) you know, the whole thing. So we're stirring. and It's like two o'clock in the morning. We're basically still half asleep. And I, I really felt like God planted in my heart in that moment that we were to surrender 10 fears. Whew. So I said, I was like, Lord, really? And I'm like, all right, well, I told Adrian and Adrian's desperate, desperate. OK, because my husband would not do that in the middle Pause. of the night. Remember, this is two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I am literally, I, can, I don't even mind my eyes open. I just turn over to her and I hear her say this, but it was, it genuinely used the right word. That's what I wanted to say. It was the holy desperation. It was, it was a breaking point. I mean, there's no, physically, I was kind of shutting down with the insomnia. It was just an absolute breaking point at that point, And I was willing to try anything. It's just funny how the the spiritual aspect then led into the rejuvenation of kind of the other elements as well. But so it's two o'clock in the morning, and Adrian has surrendered his fears. So I it was my turn. So I surrendered my ten fears, and as soon as I finished that last fear, I felt God impress on my heart that we should declare ten truths. I didn't even know what that meant. I just. I just stood on God's word and in the middle of the night, we just were reciting scriptures that we had memorized or other truths that were just foundational at that moment. We were able to fall back asleep. And so we use this instrument over and over again, acknowledging 10 gratitudes, surrendering 10 fears and declaring 10 truths. We often did it together or we did it independently. I I did it many times just by myself because it was just such a powerful tool for me to engage with God and really essentially using that spiritual intimacy that we had in, in the midst of this really hard season 
to engage spiritually so that we could then have that emotional support and even that physical support that we needed. It was incredible. So this is just an example of how sometimes when you are going through a season, we're not just physical beings. We're not just emotional beings. We're spiritual beings too. And we need to utilize our spiritual health and, you know, utilize the Lord really is what it comes down to, right? Um, In order to overcome hard stuff. Yeah, we drew on him at that point. And that's kind of even scripture kind of gives us that idea to draw upon him, you know? And so that's what we did. I mean, we were desperate, literally desperate. And uh, it kind of ignited something again. It totally did. I think there was something really powerful about the 10 as well, because when you were thinking about gratitudes, whether you're thinking about fears or even truths, it's easy to just say a couple, but 10 really makes you work for it. And so whenever we've done this, we've done this as individuals, as I said, in our marriage, we've also taught other couples and individuals how to do this. And one of the things that we've seen is that the most effective way is if you go through the gratitudes all the way first, go through the fears all the way first, and go through the truths all the way first, third, because what happens is it makes you push in and do the work. It's so powerful. So I wrote a blog post on my blog, Naked in the Potter's Hand. We've linked it in the description where you can print out a form. You can just write them out on a piece of paper if you want, or if you want to use the pretty form we made, you're welcome to do that. And we really want to encourage you guys with this tool to engage spiritually, engage with spiritual intimacy in your marriage using this tool. And we know what it's done for us, and we've even seen it with other couples as well, when they actually do it both as individuals and then share each one of those columns, then, I mean, how much intimacy are you creating by saying, I'm scared of this right now. This is what I'm afraid of in the context of, you know, so you understand what's going on in my world personally. And it's been such a tool for spiritual growth in that way. Yeah. I mean, hearing Adrian, especially in that season, I think for both of us, hearing what each other were fearing, because we weren't fearing the same things at all. We were totally no. in a different planet, even though we were in a, in this situation together. It just developed a bond and an intimacy that really helped us pray for one another, encourage one another, be more sensitive to one another. It was just really, really powerful. So we know that this tool is going to be a blessing to you guys. So go ahead and make sure to download it and put it into practice for you guys. Let me give you a preview of next time we are together. So next time we are together, we are going to finish off this series that we've done, Barriers to Intimacy, and we are going to talk about the physical next time. So uh, we are going to talk about another tool that is my favorite tool Uh that actually has worked out really, really well in our marriage, and we know that it'll be a blessing to you. Y'all do not want to miss this episode. This is going to be the most viewed, most shared episode for sure by far. I guarantee it. Yeah, I pretty much believe that as well. (laughs) So uh, we're looking forward to being with you guys next Tuesday. So remember, we drop new content every Tuesday. And guys, we are doing our best to bring you awesome, relevant, and practical content, spiritually based, that will bless you guys' socks off. And so please do us a favor. If you like, if you're watching this video on YouTube, Go ahead and like the video and subscribe to the channel and maybe share the video with a friend, somebody that you know that may benefit from uh, the Ministry of Marriage Ignited. If you're listening to this podcast, we'd love for you to like this, but then also give us a review on wherever you're listening to this on your particular podcast app of choice, because it'll really help bring exposure to Marriage Ignited. And, you know, guys, tag us on social. We'd love to get social with you guys. So you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, at Marriage Ignited. 
And so, uh, you know, when you share that out, go ahead and tag us and we'd love to be able to interact with you that way. So um, in the comments, let us know what stood out to you from this episode. What's standing out to you so far in the series? What things are challenging you and encouraging you in your marriage? How are those questions going? We want to hear from you. We really want this to be a dialogue and building a community under Marriage Ignited that will be a support to truly bring fire back to your relationships. We also would love to hear what topics you might be interested in. Are there topics that you're really going through something in your in your family? You can private message us or uh, drop a comment and let us know what are some of those topics. We are so excited about what God's doing through this ministry, and we pray for you guys every day, and we're just so excited about it. So we can't wait to be with you guys again next Tuesday as we talk about physical intimacy. Yay. Uh, We'll see you guys. See you then. We'll see you guys then.